If y'all haven't had the time yet to listen to part one of the episode with my dear friend, the incredibly gracious Shelly Giglio, I'd strongly encourage you to go back and listen to that first episode before moving on to this second episode. Otherwise, it'll be like eating biscuits without gravy. Um, for those of you who did get to listen to episode one with Shelly, just to refresh your memory, Shelly and I talked about some just wonderful, wonderful things. She basically tells a story of when she and her husband, Louis Giglio, chose to hike up a really steep hill of hardship instead of skating downhill in denial. It is one of the strongest testimonies I've ever heard in my life. So again, please listen to episode one before episode two for some incredible context. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Missy Harper. You're listening to Life with Lisa Harper. On the podcast today, my Aunt Shelley. Hey, y'all, I'm Lisa Harper, and you're listening to the Life with Lisa Harper podcast. We're calling season one Out of the Ashes because during each episode, we're walking through stories of redemption, essentially stories of people who have walked through tough stuff and found that God is perfectly good even when life is really, really hard. I love that you spoke to people who feel like they are in a pit. I also want you to speak to people who love someone who's in a pit. Mm -hmm. Because I think even as you look at the life of Job, you know, the three guys who should have been good friends to him during that dark night of the soul were just the opposite. They were miserable comforters. I like to call those three the three yeah. stooges. Yeah. And and so we don't we don't have a ton of, I think, actually practical, authentic, godly advice on if someone you love with your whole heart is in a really, really scary, dark place, how do you walk alongside them well? Just from the way you've encouraged me, mm. I can't imagine a better partner for Louis when he was thank you for saying in that. a deep pit 
And and you've helped me sometimes with me going, Shelly, how did you do it? How did you walk? How did you hang on to hope in that time? Give us a little bit of encouragement. Well, I certainly didn't do it perfectly. And I'm sure if Louie was sitting in here right now, he would tell you all the ways that were (laughs) super challenging (laughs) and all the things I said wrong. All the ways you refined All the ways that I didn't believe when I should have and all those things. But honestly, the thing that I did that was the most profound, which I didn't know that I had the ability to do until I was there, was pray for him. Mm. I I read a book when I was a lot younger called The Power of a Praying Wife. Yeah, Stormy Awardian. Yeah, Stormy Awardian. Gold, gold, baby. I had never truly understood until that moment how much power was in my hands. Wow. And that book revolutionized my thinking. Yeah. Because I realized that God had given me a stewardship Mm-hmm. Um, the God would give Louis great opportunity. That was obvious from the day I met him. I mean, he was doing nothing, and it was still profound. Mm. I, I knew God was going to open doors for Louis, so it wasn't a big surprise to me. People say all the time, "Are you so shocked?" And I'm like, "No." I mm-hmm. mean, I I'm sh- I'm shocked at how good God has been to us. Of yeah. course, I'm amazed, yeah. but I'm not shocked at God opening doors for Louis because I was standing there in the beginning wa- watching the doors open. Right. So none of that feels surprising to me. But the point is, is that I have a role to play in that, mm. that I can choose to invest my life in his life in that way. And I, I didn't really understand it until I wrote, read this book. And mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're confused about it or don't understand the role you play as a wife, you mm-hmm. should read this book mm-hmm. because prayer is your ally. Yeah. And it is your biggest opportunity to weigh into the way things are happening. I didn't realize that I could have such a profound effect, not by running my mouth mm-hmm. at him mm-hmm. about what I thought should be different or better, mm-hmm. but by asking God if he would make a way. Mm-hmm. And man, it changed my life. And so when we got to this crisis, this literal crisis, mm. I knew that I held gold in my hand and heart. And while I could never say the right thing or do the right thing completely, yeah. I didn't know, you know, every day was different. It was a whole new challenge. He, he didn't sleep. We would get up the next morning. I didn't know whether to go to work or stay at home. Right. I didn't know whether we would be visiting another doctor to try to figure out what's wrong with him. Right. We went to many, many, many doctors. Wow. I didn't know what the day would hold, but it wasn't so much about what the opportunities were. It was more about my heart in that moment. Mm. And I was surrendered. Yeah. I was desperate for God, and yeah. He knew what I wanted Him to do in our life and how I prayed He would use these moments. And it turned out to be one of the most sacred times of my life because I got to invest in someone else in that way. Mm-hmm. and. God only knows what all he did to put Louis's life back together. I could never tell you. I have no idea layer by layer what he created inside of him. But I do know that I, in heaven, will see a little bitty piece of me contributing to that by praying him through. And um, I hope it's a beautiful thing to be able to rejoice in that moment. Yeah. Um, I want to go two places here because you've just mined jewels for us. I feel like, which diamond do I pick? Um, but I want to talk for a second about about would you go back mm. to that place, to that darkest place in Louis's life, and so really vicariously darkest time in your life, 
to experience God in the same way you did then. I think when we're desperate, truly desperate, there's yeah. nothing we can do for God. Yeah. There is the proverbial veil does get thinner. We do see him yeah. more clearly. Yeah. That's why Job was able to say, I can't make it. My Redeemer lives you know, yeah. in the same breath. Yeah, I mean, choosing hardship is a difficult conversation. Yeah. Because I don't know anyone I would talk to who would say, I want to pick that. Right. But would I go there to have the kind of relationship and understanding of God that I have today? Yes. Yeah. I would because it doesn't just benefit me today. Yeah. I, for whatever reason, get to stand on platforms Mm -hmm. where people can hear of God's faithfulness in Mm -hmm. ways that aren't all tidy and neatly tied bows that perfectly make sense. I'm in the midst of life. Right. It's it's reckless and difficult and dark yeah. and messy. Yeah. And I feel like I still in the midst of that know enough of God mm-hmm. in his faithfulness to be able to proclaim, look, I can't help you understand everything you're in. Right. I can just tell you, I see God's faithfulness to yeah. you in this. And so there's something of worth, right. of not just the moment being redeemed for yourself, like I said earlier, but for the people. Yeah. I feel like some of what we went through wasn't just about us. Oh, oh, absolutely. It was for the people. That's right. And God is training and teaching and, and yeah. molding. Yeah. And like you said, pruning mm-hmm. our hearts so that we can be better prepared mm-hmm. to stand before people and to testify I love Christine Kane because she says, and I love it so (laughs) much. You can tell a story or you can testify. That's right. And I want to testify. I don't want to be one that's saying, I know God's faithful. And I've never really seen it for sure for myself, but but I know I want to stand on the rock of Jesus and say, I've seen this in my life and in our life, and I will proclaim his faithfulness. And that has a different power to it when that happens. Yeah, it does. And so, yeah, would I choose to go back there? No, nobody wants to choose. Hardship. Right. Right. But would I do it so that I and the people around me could benefit? Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you remember the old commercial? I think it was about a financial planner and insurance company, but it said when E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. <laughs> right. Remember yes, that? Yes, I do. I think pain legitimizes your testimony. It does. Because when I see somebody oh, who is just, you know, patty perky and has never, at least to my vantage point, walked through anything hard right. and she goes, God is faithful. I'm like, yeah, why don't you go cross-stitch that somewhere else, baby? Yeah. But someone like you who goes, yeah, we we went through a really difficult season, yeah, I mean, and yeah. God is faithful, you go, okay, that will preach. Yeah. Because, you know, you've lived it. Mm-hmm. When I went through a, a dark night of the soul, one of the things, really the main thing I feel like God taught me was um, I, from the time I was a kid, wanted answers because there was some abuse in our family, and I felt like if I could figure situations out, mm-hmm. I could protect myself and not mm-hmm. be hurt again. So I was always reading a room, trying to figure things out. Knowledge was protection to me. And and I couldn't figure out why God had allowed me to go through such a dark place. Mm-hmm. And he totally changed, reframed even my mind to go, for me to answer your questions is not going to give you peace. My presence is what is going to give you peace. Lisa, that's so powerful. And I've I've become less curious as to why certain things have happened to me um, and much more desperate for 
I just need his presence. I don't, I don't really even care if my questions get answered um, because peace isn't in that. Yeah. Peace is in his presence. What spiritual truth was distilled to you, if you can just pick one or two from that season, and you go, I know this to be true of God. I may not have known it viscerally before we went through this dark night of the soul, but I know like I know my name. This is true Yeah, of God. I mean, I think of the verse, uh, the nearness of God is our good. Yeah. And God is honestly near us all the time. Yeah. You know, he his his spirit lives in us. We are alive because of Christ in us. But the tangibility of knowing that in the darkest times, of sensing and knowing the nearness of God. And even when the stuff on paper or in life looks so bad, mm-hmm. it's like, how did it get so bad? Mm-hmm. I can still know that his nearness is my good. Mm-hmm. And I've never felt more goodness from God than I have in the darkest hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't even make sense. Mm-hmm. How would I have the sense to know that he's good when half of the world wants to blame him everything that happens bad? Yeah. And I'm sure I've had moments where I think, where are you? Right. What have you done to me? Yeah. Why am I sitting here? Me, of all people, what have I done to deserve this? Right. And yet I think God completely saturates our, our being in those moments. Mm-hmm. And when he does, we feel his goodness. Yeah. And even though we might not could speak it out of our mouths yet, the sooner we can, the better. But... Mm-hmm. But the nearness of God is our good, mm-hmm. and the most aware of it we ever are is in the darkest hours. I think so, too. And so I just have clung to that in life. Yeah. And while I might not feel it immediately or or just understand it, yeah. you know, or like you said, understand all the circumstance and can clarify, well, if I can just understand it, then maybe I can yeah. be okay with it. Yeah. I don't understand a lot of it. I yeah, still I don't know. understand a lot of it that I've endured. Yeah. But I do know that God's nearness has been my good. We had a huge storm in Nashville a few nights ago, and the electricity went out. And we live in the country, so there's no light around it's us. dark. You know? Oh, it's dark, dark. And I woke up in the middle of the night, and and I thought I need to kind of just check on everything, make sure we've got a leak in our roof. And I thought I need to go in there, make sure the roof isn't leaking, kind of check on the dog. And I found myself walking just so slowly because I had no Because you're about idea. to ram into yeah, something. Yeah, I was totally <laughs> blind. But I thought there is such a spiritual mm. parallel there because mm. when it's really, really dark in mm. our lives, emotionally, spiritually, you walk so slow, the static is quiet and you can actually hear God. I think there's always so much static in my life, That's in beautiful. my heart, in my mind. The darkness brings a stillness that helps us hear God louder. Yeah. Because that night, every sound was amplified. You know, I could hear the second hand tick on the clock in the yeah. kitchen. I could hear, you know, the rain against the, the wind. I could hear everything so clearly and so distinctly. But it was because everything had slowed down in the dark. And I think that's what happens for us spiritually. Is well, you know, we they go, say oh, um, physiologically God. that you, you hear better when you can't see. Yeah, Absolutely. And so it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. That in the darkest nights, we can't really see much. Right. 
we have to trust way more right. than what we can see. And I want to quit settling for artificial light. Yeah. I want to just find peace in the darkness and go, until I see his light. That's the one. That's the only one that actually gives yeah. me peace. What I'm looking for. And illuminates. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card Card rewards? Tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, I want to go to a practical place. Okay. Um, I love your heart. Shelly, you've got the, you are so beautiful as a woman, but the more I get to know you, it's like, yes, there's this beautiful statuesque blonde. Your heart is Gorgeous. Thank you. Love your heart. Very Um, kind. Your heart for God encourages me. Your heart for other people is, uh, boy, such a model for me. Um, But I think a lot of people would be surprised to know you grew up farm girl. Oh, yeah. You have this farm life. Well, I had kind of both. I had both. Both. I lived in the city and had a ranch. And had a ranch. But you're not— A beautiful combo. You're not—have not been protected from hard work. You know, fixing fences. Oh, my fences, goodness. Are you kidding? You know, oh. fixing tractors. You know, trying we, to get We kind of laugh about my parents because, you know, we don't say that they caused us to do hard labor out loud very often, but they <laughs> definitely caused us to Absolutely do hard labor. Yeah, but no. I'm one of those old school people that thinks, you know what, not only did a little hard work not hurt anybody, I actually think it's incredibly helpful to kind of roll your sleeves up. Yeah. And when you when you go through those droughts in Texas, yeah. you know, it is hard right. to keep the animals fed, to keep the fields irrigated. And you know what it's like to just bust your tail yeah. to keep it productive. Yeah. Um, what hard work do you think we need to focus on a little more in the body of Christ when we've gone through spiritual droughts? Because I think we've become pretty lazy Man. in recognizing there's some hard work when we're in a drought, and that's not a sad thing or a bad thing. That's actually a maturing thing. Yeah, I mean, I think knowing God is hard work. Yeah. And um, I think, obviously, farming or ranching, you know, I watched my dad work hard his whole life. My dad mm-hmm. would work um, 
for an oil company all week. He was the CFO yeah. of, of an oil company in Houston. He would work so hard. Yeah. And yet he would go on the weekend. And instead of laying on the sofa, which is what we all felt like doing, mm-hmm. my dad would be on a tractor making something yeah. happen and yeah. fixing fences and working hard. And I think it was therapy. Yeah. It was probably a different kind of work than what he had done during the week. And it was mm-hmm. therapeutic in some way for mm-hmm. him. But it was also such a model for me mm-hmm. of you have to put intensity toward the things that you want to see yeah. outcome from. Yeah. It doesn't just happen. Yeah. And people say to me all the time, I admire you spiritually or whatever. I wish mm-hmm. I could grow up to be like that, mm-hmm. which is a huge compliment that's so humbling. But I also say, well, what leverage are you putting in that direction today? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't just appear. You don't just have it unfold. You actually have to put pressure on your life in the areas that you want to grow in. And knowing God is not an easy thing. God is a all-encompassing person. Yeah. And it says there's no facets of turning with him. So there is no backside to God. There's right. all privilege and understanding. Right. But we have to pursue that to, right. to be able to be. And and I think the church has become lazy in knowing God. Yeah, it too. We expect that some pastor will come deliver to us what we're going to know about God and that knowing enough about God is going to be enough for our lives. And I'm telling you right now, listen, I've listened to as many sermons as any person in life, mostly from one pastor who's, (laughs) thank God, pretty good. Extraordinarily gifted. Pretty good. Yeah. But it's not enough for me. No. I could listen to Louis preach all day long, every day, and it would not be enough for him to discover how to know God and for him to transfer that to me. I have to know God myself. That's right. So I have to pick up scripture. I have to dig my life into it. I have to figure out what he's saying to me. That's right. And Christians are lazy. They want somebody to deliver and hand feed them what they should be digging in to figure out for themselves. And do I think pastors bring things to life? Yes. Do I pray that they preach the word of God in truth? Yes. Do I think that's enough for you today? Absolutely not. And if you can't discover it for yourself, then then there's something wrong spiritually with your life. Yeah. And I'm on a constant pursuit. I'll never know God fully. I will never my pea-sized mind can never take him in. Yeah. But man, I'm gonna know as much of him as I can because when I spend forever with him, I want to know who I'm spending it with. Yeah. Absolutely. One of those just riveting experiences of my life, challenging, convicting, million other things, was years ago. I was in a Bible study in Nashville, Tennessee, and we had a Chinese missionary visit us mm-hmm. who had been incarcerated in Asia for being a Christian. And he, because the person who was over his particular uh, incarceration, was vehemently opposed to Christianity um, and really hated this missionary. Mm. He was given the job of cleaning the latrines. So you can only imagine how horrible Mm. that would be in Mm. a very, very dark prison. But someone had smuggled in just a few pages of Galatians. He had like three pages. Didn't have a whole Bible, just three paper-thin pages of Galatians. And he knew that passage 
backwards and forwards, and he said it became joy, and he found himself looking forward to being knee-deep in waste in the latrine because that was where he was able to speak God's word back to him and marinate in the promises oh my goodness. of God. And this guy, I mean, can you imagine guy, him reading oh, this for freedom? Oh, that Christ that's exactly has set us where, free. That's exactly what he was, exactly what he speak. And he's like, and when he's telling us the story, his face was radiant. Wow. You could tell he wasn't playing. This wasn't a shtick. He was just telling us how God met him. And I thought, I have never seen a more beautiful countenance, this weathered, old, Asian, beautiful, godly man. Wow. I've never seen a more beautiful face, and I've never heard of a harder place. Yeah. And I thought, wow, there is a treasure yeah. in what most of us would call yeah. a, a horrific pit. If you're willing to kind of do the work, God makes me will think of Catherine Wolf, you know? Yeah. Circumstances do not dictate your joy. That's right. Hope comes from a deeper well That's than right. what your circumstances are. Absolutely. And that girl radiates it. Same. Oh, she does. And her, her countenance um, is lit. It is lit. Absolutely Every on fire. Every countenance I've ever seen has been somebody who's seen the dark. Isn't that true? Or been stuck in the dark yeah. for a long, long time. And there is a, they find true joy. It's a knowing. Yeah. yeah, it's not an artificial joy. Okay, Shelly, one of the things that I love to encourage people who are who are struggling, who are kind of in one of those, I'm in the ashes, I'm not yet in the beauty kind yeah. of a season, is um, this may sound trivial, but I started doing this with some women I work with who are in recovery, who have come out of Tennessee Prison for Women and who are recovering from some addictive places. And they're just they're the most honest group of women. So they're like, Lisa, Are what? they not beautiful oh, people? Oh, my Oh, my goodness. goodness. Talk about um, learning from someone. Oh, I, I mean, they are my tutors and mentors and almost everything Love that, so much. that is the gospel. Um, but they're also not shy about going, give me something practical. Like yeah. you're talking all flowery. Give me something I can actually do to help myself, you know, really lean into Jesus when I'm in a place that that seems dark or hopeless. And so I was like, okay, okay, y'all are always fussing about laundry and there's not enough dryers in the, sure. in the house where they are. And I said, so instead of fussing about laundry, let's use laundry as something that's redemptive. I want y'all to get your laundry out of the dryer as soon as it's done. Somebody else is fighting you or putting your clothes back in the washing. I always had laundry wars. And I said, as soon as you get your laundry out of the dryer, I want you to put it on your bed. And you, they have these little rooms, twin beds, not a ton of privacy. But I said, for five minutes, close the door, put that warm laundry on your bed, Lean into the warm laundry. Wow. And as you're leaning into that laundry, I want you to just start praying really wow. practically. I told them the same thing that you encourage people to do. Open their hands yeah. in their lap. Lean into the warm laundry and then just simply pray, Jesus, give me the grace to linger in your embrace. So that, that warmth behind Lisa, you will help Lisa, that's beautiful. You. Well, it's so simple. I'm going to start doing that. Uh, it's, honestly, it, there's been so oh many times gosh, it's helped me. I mean, I, so I hope good. Missy doesn't walk in the room when I'm doing it. She'll be like, Mama has, Are you okay? Yeah, yeah. Just has lost it. But there's something about just the tactile warmth behind me that helps me envision Jesus holding me. Yeah. And, and your scripture speaks of that, but yeah. it's hard to wrap my dinky mind yeah. around that divine truth. Something about laying in that laundry and just simply so going, beautiful. help me to linger because yeah. I'm so quick to wriggle out of God's embrace. Give us, for the, the people who are listening to you, and I've been so moved, so resonant with your testimony, with Louie's experience. Um, maybe they're just listening because they've been to passion or y'all have impacted their lives. But for those people listening who right now go, I'm just, I'm struggling today. 
Like, give me something practical, a hook I can hang on to, to get through today. What would you encourage them to do besides lying in warm laundry? Mine would be way more uh, less spiritual. And (laughs) (laughs) honestly, I don't know that it'll be as helpful. But one of the things that I've done recently that has totally and completely changed my life Mm. is that I closed the apps on my phone. Oh, that's so good. I'm I'm very spiritual. That's Um, wildly spiritual. Listen, Lisa, this has changed my life, and nobody would understand how much. But what I was doing in life is I would have my alarm go off in the morning, wake up, turn my phone over, and realize that the whole world is going crazy. Right. I had a CNN app open. I had um, my email open. Mm -hmm. I had text messaging open, which I had Mm -hmm. received many of overnight, Things are good and hard and crisis and whatever. Everything was screaming from the moment I opened my eyes in the morning because of my access to my phone. And I know there are a lot of people that are like, don't put your phone by your bed. You're an idiot. I understand that there's a better place for it. I also know that my practice is to have it plugged in right beside my bed. But the problem wasn't so much that I was looking at my phone. The problem was what I was choosing to take in first. So at night, when I go to sleep, I close every app on my phone but the Bible app. And when I wake up in the morning, the only thing open is the Bible app, and it's the first thing I read. And it has revolutionized my entire life. I have a friend, and you should have a friend also, who is reading a passage of Scripture together every day. We call it a soap journey. It's just a way of reading a passage every day. We read a chapter a day. Right now we're in Galatians, interestingly Mm, enough. mm. And... We read the passage. The first thing I do in the morning is read that passage of Scripture. It's not the only Scripture I read every day, but it is the first thing I do every day. It kind of cleanses your palate. The very first thing I do is get God's perspective on my life and not the world's. And when I do, I resonate so deeply the rest of the day with that truth. And it sets the tone and template for everything that happens in my day. Most of it I have no control over and have no idea what's coming. But I'm prepared because I'm rooted into the Word of God and into the person of Jesus. And man, it it wow. I'm just speaking personally. It has changed my life. Well, you've just changed mine. Like that's totally changing my tomorrow morning. Yeah, that, it is a game is changer. Profound. And the more you do it, the more of a pattern it becomes. The f- oh, more freeing it is. That's gold. So, really. just encourage you to track along. Thank you, thank you, boy. If nobody else was changed, that just you just rocked my little world. It's awesome. Thank you. Okay, I've got one last question. I've actually got a bazillion. But okay, we'll talk got forever. to go. Gosh, I could stay here with you for a million years. I love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the gift of your time. Here's the last question. I love Anne Lamont's books. She's a little spicy for some of our audience, but I think for some of the best fruit, you've got to be willing to spit out some seeds. And Anne Lamont wrote, These are the words I want on my gravestone, that I was a helper and mm. that I danced. Mm. What words would you like engraved? I'll take those. Those are great. No, I think yours would be even better. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Um, You know, I would honestly probably put a verse of Scripture that says, Faithful is he who calls you. He also will do it. And then I would, as your friend, because, you know, 
hypothetically, in this question, you will be dead, so you won't know that I'll add this. <laughs> You're going to go scrape yeah, it into the yeah, stone. Yeah, I'm going to okay, go scrape it. into the stone. <laughs> Didn't he do it? Yeah, he did. Because he's done he so much in her life, and it's unmistakably God. I mean, you and Louie yes, are I believe that with all my stinking heart. amazing. I would tattoo both of your names on my ankles. <laughs> Please don't. But it's God. Yes. It's unmistakably the fingerprints of God all over no your life. No one knows it so more than quick. me. Yeah, no you one, always give him the glory. Oh, no one knows. No one understands how little our role was and how big our God is how than me. Good. So he's good. Okay, we don't usually do this, but um, I'm so thankful y'all listen. We just talk over and over again about what a Redeemer we have in our God and how he is so kind to turn the smoky seasons of our life into beautiful seasons. And even as Shelley said, life-giving seasons for other people. So don't despair in the dark. Uh, lean into Jesus in the dark. His presence is promised. I want to ask you to pray for the people who are listening to I this to. who are in one of two places. Either they feel stuck in the dark yeah. um, or like you, somebody they love with all their heart yeah. is stuck in the dark. Will you pray for them? Yeah, I would love to. Um, I think it'd be really beautiful just to open your hands. Mm. It's a, such a powerful symbol of us saying to God, hey, we don't know what's best for our own lives. And mm. so we make ourselves available to you, God. I believe it's also a way for us to say to God, hey, whatever you put in my hand, I will be a good steward of. Yeah. But whatever you choose to take out is yours to take. And so if you want to take anything from us right now, God, or if you want to give anything to us, our hands are open. You're not going to have to pry our fingers open. And Lord, I do just pray in the name of Jesus over the people that are listening today. I thank you for their life and the way that you formed it, you purposed it, and you have redeemed us. And so, God, we stand in that truth today, knowing that you are the everlasting God. And I pray today by your Holy Spirit that in the deepest resonant part of our soul, that you will convince us that today is not about getting to the valley, but it is about walking through the mm. valley with you. I pray that your nearness, God, would be so many people's good today, yeah. that even in the difficulty and in the hardship and in the lack of understanding, that your presence would be so mm. real to us that we could literally hold you in our hearts and mm. lives today, mm. so near and dear that you would revolutionize the way we think about every one of our circumstances. And so, God, would you do that only by your spirit and by yeah. your power can you make that yeah. a reality today? But I pray it over these dear, dear people and friends mm. in the name of Jesus today, mm. not for the sake of us being okay, but so that we will have the chance to testify that you are good, yes. that yes. you are faithful, that you are yeah. true, and that you always come through. And I pray that we'll have that opportunity, not for our glory, Lord, but for yours alone. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. I love you. I love you more. <laughs> so much more. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life with Lisa Harper podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, and I sure hope you did, I would really appreciate it if you subscribed and gave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. The introduction music was provided by my almost little brother, Tim Halperin, who also co-produces this podcast with me. Life with Lisa Harper will be releasing episodes on the second and fourth Thursdays of every month. We sure hope you'll keep listening.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 